This podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Live from the Gov, my name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists, live in Adelaide! That was awesome. It is so good to be... Rattelade? (laughs) You know what, Um, I gotta tell you that... Low-key, this might be my favorite city in Australia. Hands down. It reminds me of Missoula, Montana with Los Angeles weather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, it is such a solid town. We've had a great time these last 24 hours. By the way, we'll get get to as many questions as we have in the time allotted. I know we we are never able to get to all of them, but uh, we'll get to as many as we can. Howdy. What's your name? Adele, get closer to the mic, please. Uh, hello. Adele, where are you from? Adelaide. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my gosh, she said your city. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you, Adele. Um, Gin Long Canteen, best Thai food in Adelaide. Wait, what? Gin Long Canteen. Best Thai food. I don't, I don't, I don't speak Scottish. <laughs> Can- canteen. Gin. What? As in the alcohol? Yeah, gin. I have not had any gin. Long. I haven't had any gin in Australia at all. Long? Yeah. Canteen. Gin, gin long, long canteen. canteen. What is gin long canteen? The best Thai food in Adelaide. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Okay. She was giving you a... <laughs> gin long canteen. All right. All so right. here's what's happening. She is uh, She's giving the answer. We have to then present the question. <laughs> what's, uh, what is the best Thai food in Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Adele, what's your question? How can we help? Um, okay, so I haven't listened to a recent podcast. So I feel a bit bad that you might have already heard this, but Easter's coming up. Okay. Have you had any Easter questions? No. All right, so like here in Adelaide, everybody has to buy everyone Easter presents, not just eggs. Like there's the plates and the cutlery and the bunny. Just like Jesus would have wanted it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need everything. And not just from the family, from... Everyone. Right. It's funny. I walked into Target here and uh, I had to buy like some markers uh, to sign books. And it was just rows of chocolate bunnies. I mean, I think that's <laughs> all the store was. It yes. was the, and now now I'm starting it. to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's the question? How do we stop the hordes of shit coming into our lives? <sighs> okay. From everyone. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, here, here's the bad news. This is the wrong time to ask this question. I know. Because Easter is like right around the corner, right? And, and so the, the time, what we want to ask right now is how do I keep Christmas gifts from coming into my life? Because it really has to do with the preparation and the preparation for a holiday in this case, avoiding the excessive consumerism associated with said holiday, because it's not that you want to avoid the holiday, right? 
you want to be able to celebrate the holiday without indulging in overindulgent consumerism. Well, I just want the Easter Bunny to treat them. I don't want everyone else to treat them. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so and I think the same is true with birthdays and with Valentine's Day and with Christmas and with birthdays and whatever else is around the corner. We, we have commodified love, right? Uh, we, we, Jess and I were just joking backstage uh, a few moments ago. Um, yeah, here's the thing. We, we've, we, we've heard this saying before that gift giving is a love language, right? And I think that's like saying pig Latin is a romance language. Here's the thing. Giving a physical gift is not necessarily an act of love. But I think what we mean when we say gift giving is a love language, language what we actually mean is contribution or adding value to another person's life is a love language. Here's the problem with that. We're doing a really shitty job with our holidays in adding value to other people's lives because what you're telling me right now is I'm not going to get any value or my family's not going to get any value from the hordes of crap that come in here. In fact, it's going to extract value from my holiday and thus from my life. And that's a problem, right? Here's the other problem, though. It's too late to tell people that about, about Easter. And so what we can do when Easter rolls around is say, thank you very much, set it to, a so- to the side, and, and it is what it is for this holiday. But when it comes to Christmas, now, right now, actually, we're, we're even getting late now, you want to start planting the seeds of expectations and here's what you want to do because right now you're saying no i don't want that stuff no 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 people don't want to hear no especially when they're saying this is my love language and i will show you how much i love you uh no you want to tell them yes and so instead of saying no tell them what you're saying yes to the better gifts would be experiences the better gifts would be consumables the better gift would be your time because after all presence is the best present but we want to start setting that expectation right now plant the seed and then water it over the course of the next nine months until people have the correct expectation so you're not telling them no i don't want anything bah humbug for whatever holiday it is no you're telling them yes here is what i want and here's why i want it here's why it's important to me And it'd be so much better for me if we spent the holiday this way than if I were to just get a bunch of plastic shit from Target. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, like, I've had that conversation with a lot of friends and family. And um, they will still, some of them will inevitably still end up getting me something sometime. Like, I was visiting my grandmother. Uh, not too long ago, and when I was leaving, she was like, "Ryan, I know that you know you're 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 a businessman. I have I don't think she really understands what I do, but she was like, <laughs> I know you're a businessman and you write a lot, and you probably have stacks of paper, so I want to give you this paperweight." <laughs> and I was just like, "How do I explain to my grandmother the cloud?" Um, I mean, she doesn't even have internet. Right, here, here's, here's Every, the funny thing, man. When, we, when something becomes truly useless and we have no other use, possible use for the thing, 
We pejoratively refer to it as a paperweight. But this one was nice. It had a nice little Christmas scene in it. It was, it was a pretty nice paperweight. And I just remember, like, again, not knowing how to explain the cloud to her. Like, every time I go to her home, I have to, like, reprogram my, my phone number into her phone. Because somehow she always ends up deleting it. I think she's doing it on purpose, honestly. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, trying to explain that to her, she's not gonna, she's not gonna be able to, like, really, she, I write, so she is assuming I have a lot of papers. So I just, I just simply said, you know what, thank you very much for this gift. Um, would you be offended if I was to find a better home for this? Because, I'll be honest, I've got all the paperweights I need. (laughs) Which is zero. (laughs) And she was like, oh you don't think you'll use it? And I'm like, no, but it is a beautiful paperweight. And she was like, it is, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah. I said, I would love to give this to someone who actually needs it. And she was like, yeah, that would be great. Please do that. And now I have a paperweight. (laughs) And now Josh has a paperweight. So people are still going to get you stuff. Yeah, like I I don't, like, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I know they're doing it out of love, but... um, Sometimes it's just too much. Yeah. yeah. So, so you set the expectation. Yeah. Uh, or, or let's say you haven't. Right now, it sounds like you haven't set the expectation. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, actually, you know what you should do for Christmas is when you get all the Easter stuff, you should be like, "Boy, I hope Christmas isn't like this." <laughs> all right, don't say it like that. But, but, but when pe- when you have set the expectation, so you start setting that expectation with Christmas, Easter, whatever it is, and then people still. So you want me to say I don't like this shit? Nope. No, not at all. What 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 you what, what I would do if I was you, is is seriously when you have all of those. What do you, what do you what do you give each other at Easter time? Is it stuff or is it just a bunch of candy? It is a lot of mostly candy, but it, okay. You know, Mostly they, candy. So they're, they're trying to... Chocolate. They're trying to give like, you and your family diabetes, okay. Yeah, so yeah. they're trying to make us fat. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, everything has something that comes with it. So it's not just a chocolate. It's mm-hmm. like a gift and a chocolate. And yeah. So, so when you have all these gifts laying out and you're, and you're talking to someone and you're like, man, I really love Easter time... Yeah. And and yes, and you're gonna and have your to. Other auntie and your other yes, uncle you're gonna and have to have extended family, and you know. You're gonna have to have very hard conversations. Yeah. I did not promise this would be easy, <laughs> but you do have to have a lot of hard conversations. And if it is, if it's 20 people that you have to talk to individually and they mean a lot to you, then you should take time with every single one of those people and set the expectation. <laughs> Why? If you're not willing to do it, then that's okay. You could. Send all your chocolate bunnies to Josh. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is you have a nice conversation and say, hey, I really appreciate the gifts, but you know what? I really don't like all the waste that happens from this. And I know that everyone who gives me gifts loves me. They love my family. They love my children. But I really want to try something different next year. I really want to try gifting uh, no actual gifts, but you know, a a walk in the park or a sunset or some type of experience. Let's try something different because we cannot, I don't want to keep, my family doesn't want to keep wasting all of these things that we get. If they still bring you gifts after you set the expectation, then there is nothing wrong 
with you saying, thank you for this gift. Man, there's going to be a homeless kid somewhere that's really going to love this. <laughs> Maybe don't say it like that. But approach it like I did with my, with my grandmother. And, and at, if, if they don't support you, then I would just maybe correct them a little bit and say, hey, I know this is how you want to show me love. I know that you love me. I don't need a, a chocolate bunny and a toy to come along with it to show me and my family or for you to show my child that you, we know that you love us very, very much. If you want to show us that you love us, please support us in, in trying to minimize as much waste as possible. There, there are very, very easy I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but there, there are very uh, simple ways that you can, that you can explain uh, your, your point of view and your family's point of views without being offensive. I'll give you one huge tip. When you are talking to someone and you're trying to get them to alter anything, whenever you say the word you, whenever you say that word you in the conversation, it is followed by a compliment. You're awesome. I love you. You're amazing. You all are just the most loving family I've ever had in my life. I have a problem, though. And every time you say I, you put it on yourself. I have a problem. Yeah. All of these gifts, they really, really stress me out. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but I feel a lot of anxiety when I have to throw away all of these chocolate bunnies. And I know that you guys are so loving and supportive yeah. that you're going to really help me not be so stressed out. I like that. Yeah, you that, see what that, I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So one last tip. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. One thing I'll add to that is five words that change the way I communicate with other people when I am asking something of them. Would you be willing to? Yeah. And, and by asking a question that way, hey, would you be willing to try something different this year for Easter? Yeah. What's your family going to say? No, fuck you. <laughs> maybe. By the way, if they do say that, then, you know, maybe another conversation is in order. As opposed to, here's how it's going to be this Easter. No, hey, would you be willing to blank? Would you be willing to try this out? Yeah. And it starts the conversation. It may not go exactly how you want it to go, but it's at least an in. It's an inroad to that conversation. Yeah. Thanks for your question. Thank you very much. We're doing the line shuffle Come on right there. down. <laughs> Howdy, what's your name? Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Are you from Adelaide? I am. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Don't you mean Radelaide? Radelaide. <laughs> How can we help? Um, just a quick side note before my question. Thank you for the album that coincides with the documentary. Um, as a highly anxious person, that really gets me through some really awful times. So thank you. That is so awesome. Much. That's thank my you. favorite part of the documentary, by the way. Yeah, it's absolutely. Beautiful. Let's talk about that real quick. So um, our uh, so our documentary is called Minimalism, and we were putting it together. I knew that one of the things that's really important to sort of finish a film, the last five or ten percent, to make everything connect, is the music. And so my favorite band is a band called Parlor Hawk, and they've only put out two albums ever. And uh, they're from Utah. And uh, the lead singer is a guy named Andrew Kapaner. And he and his producer, Nate, I begged them for six months, basically, to do the soundtrack for this thing. And like, flew out to California to meet with him. I'm like, look, I don't have any money to pay you for this thing. Um, and like, kept asking and showing him cuts of the documentary. 
and eventually he's like, look, what you're doing is really in line with the message. Uh, your message is in line with, with my music. Uh, I'd be happy to, as long, if you just pay for studio time, we'll, we'll make the music for this thing. And so we got not only an amazing soundtrack for the film, but I also made uh, a, a new great friend who's exceptionally talented. So it's like the power of persistence there. They're just begging someone weekly for six months until, <laughs> until they make some music for you, because I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I know that wasn't your question, though. Sorry to derail you. That's fine. It's directed to you, Josh. Um, I just wonder if... Uh, you didn't have to go down to Florida and that awful event of your mother dying hap didn't happen in your life. If you think you would have found the minimalist lifestyle eventually, because that seems to be the Kickstarter for where you ended up now. I don't know. That's the honest answer. Um, I'd like to think I would have eventually. It's like uh, if, if someone is a reckless driver on the street and they're just going around reckless, 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 and all of a sudden they get into a car crash... For me, it was like getting into two car crashes in the same month. It was like, boom, boom, my, my, my mother dies, my marriage ends. It's like that. In fact, the first car crash, my, my mother dying, was really like sent me, my car flying into this other direction to where I, the, the marriage also ended abruptly. Uh, that would have actually been prolonged probably several other years had that not happened. And um, it's afterward, I decided to become a safer driver. Right, because I still had my life, and I realized, like, oh wow, like I can get out of this car crash and still be as irresponsible as I was before, or I can take back control of my life and and be more responsible behind the wheel. Because by the way, it's not just for me; it's for everyone else around me as well. Being uh, being a responsible steward of the resources that that I have in my own life, it doesn't take a car crash to become a safer driver. But sometimes that's what it takes in order to, to wake us up. I mean, that was your question, so I don't really have anything to add to that. I mean, Ryan didn't have a big... I mean, his <laughs> aha moment was, was uh, oh, shit, why is Josh so happy? Uh, but he didn't have the same car crash. He just saw someone driving more safely and said, oh, that, that looks easy. Yeah, I mean, if I would have... Actually, if I would have seen Colin Wright without Josh sending it to me like I would have been I would have been like this dude is because I don't I didn't want to be he, he literally has 52 things travels the world every four months he moves to a new country based upon the number of votes from his readers I, I did not want to be like this peripatetic writer uh, I, I like having a, a couch and like you know game nights and stuff um, you can't really fit a couch on an airplane uh, so that's why Colin didn't have one. Um, but, but I will say that, uh, yeah, um, having Josh as an example and, and, and having other minimalists as an example, it was, it was really easy for me to make the decision. If I would have, if someone else would have presented it to me the way Josh had, I, I mean, yeah, I probably still would have done that. Because when I found out about minimalism, I wasn't like, oh my God, I've never heard of this stuff before. I was like, oh, like this is really common sense stuff. Like, but unfortunately... Common sense, it ain't too common these days. And, and it took me looking at it through Colin, Joshua's, Leo's, Courtney's lens to really, to really see how I could apply this very common sense stuff to my life. And, and it made sense and I wanted to actually do it. I mean, everyone knows that going out and buying a $60,000 car, having a $600 a month car payment on a six-year loan, like that is... No, 
everyone knows intellectually that's a stupid decision, but that's what I was doing. And, and being able to have other examples that made me feel confident that, I, you know what, I could give up that $60,000 car and, and get a, you know, 2004 Corolla. The tour bus. That I still, yeah, my, our tour bus that I still have, by the way. It's got a, approaching like 300,000 miles. It's so funny. Like, so we, we just moved to Los Angeles in October. And uh, we've got like this little car park. <laughs> and my car is the shittiest car in the garage. Like, it is so, like, there are, like, Mercedes, Beamers, Teslas, and, I mean, it's crazy. And I'm just like, what a bunch of suckers with car payments, man. <laughs> like, I am so proud to have the shittiest car in my garage. Like, I really do wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> when that thing breaks down, like, I will, I'll, I'll probably get, like, something electric or, you know, like, try to do something environmentally responsible. But, but as it stands right now, like... Every time it rains and like it leaks and it like it's dripping on Mariah and I's head and I'm like we don't have a car payment. Like, <laughs> luckily, it doesn't rain that much in LA, so we haven't experienced that too much. But, but yeah, I, I would like to think that um, you know me also. I would have come across minimalism and it would have it would have clicked with me. Um, I, but yeah, who's to say whether either of us would have if, if those instances didn't happen? It's really hard to tell. You, you know, it's fascinating, Ryan. I, I think that yeah. I wrote fiction throughout my 20s, and ultimately that was like, it was always something I wanted to do. It was this should in my life. I should write more. I should should get up earlier. I should make this a priority. I was just shooting all over myself. And, and, and for me, like, it took this, this sort of reprioritization to start focusing on that bit of creativity. I, I, it took, it took, that the metaphorical car crash to, to realize I wasn't as creative as I wanted to be. I, I wasn't contributing how I wanted to be. I didn't even know what my priorities were. And would I have found those eventually through time? Yeah, but it probably would have been some other sort of car crash or at least a, some vague accident. Yeah, I wish, I, I mean, I really wish it wouldn't have been my mother dying. And man, I, I wish I would have had more time with her. Yeah, so when we, I first started like down this road, my, my vision was, okay, if I can pay off as much debt as possible, get rid of like, you know, all these payments that I've accumulated, like maybe I could switch jobs and be a barista, uh, you know, 30, 40 hours a week. It was, that was a way better situation. It sounded like a way better situation than, you know, working 80 hour weeks. Um, I just wanted to reclaim my time. And then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe one day if like, if, if I'm a really good barista, and if maybe Josh can join me as a barista, maybe we could like open up a coffee shop or something. Like that, that is where I kind of saw my direction going. Um, if it wasn't for Josh, let's say, you know, he didn't work in the corporation, I probably still would have ended up being a barista, but it, it may not have been my choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on down. Howdy. Hello. What's your name? My name's Tammy. Hey, Tammy. Are you from Adelaide, too? Yeah, I am. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You liking Adelaide? Our favorite city. And, and Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Los Angeles is pretty awesome. Awesome. Missoula's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming here. I'm a big fan. Um, no, my yeah. husband actually introduced me to minimalism probably be over a year now. Um, unfortunately, he's kind of fallen off to the side of all the getting rid of things. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure why. Uh, Is he here tonight? No. 
I brought my friend instead, so that's okay. <laughs> um, my family, we uh, were quite poor growing up. My mum was a single mum, um, and we accumulated a lot of things. Um, it's been because of you guys that I have really started to look at my things a very different way, and especially things that have been handed down, you know, that have been expected to be kept and things like that. Um, and it's been able to let me let go of a lot of that type of thing. So thank you very much for that. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so my question kind of comes from the fact that my mum's actually moved in with us recently. Um, and with her has come her things. <laughs> her many, many things. Um, yeah, she, I would say she has... She was a hoarder, and as a growing up, you don't really notice it so much. It's just part of who they are, you know. Um, and I'm really proud of her for what she's achieved while she's been moving in with us. But it still means my house is full of stuff, and more stuff because of her things. So I suppose what I'm asking is, how do I keep everyone motivated to keep moving through it all? Because sometimes it feels like it's just me. And I've got two little children as well. I've got two and a four-year-old. So I'm trying to instill these really good values in them. I definitely see a lot of value in that. Um, but just trying to get everyone to keep going and keep, you know, because it is a long way till we actually see the light. So there, there are five people in the household then, including your two kids? Yeah. How old are the kids? Two and four. Two and four. Okay, so I have a four-year-old, and, and uh, the thing I notice about my daughter is um, she, uh, she has a biological father as well, and um, when she goes to his house, he's definitely not a hoarder, but um, he's not a minimalist either, and right? So you, you come to our house, and um, it's relatively tidy, right? And uh, there just isn't excess stuff. And uh, the, the reason I asked about your kids is I, I've noticed with her that her first day or so, sometimes two days, returning back to our house, um, eventually it's like a sigh of relief, right? And so also keep in mind that you're not just doing this for your own sanity, which you are, and that's good. You, you have to start with yourself. But it's also for the stability of, of your family and realizing that when she brings stuff into the house and if it, if it feels chaotic to, to you, it, it certainly feels chaotic to your kids. And, and, and the problem is our children, what I've learned, they become vessels for our anxiety. We don't mean for that to happen. Our number one job should be to enjoy and then educate our children, and, except the way that we educate them is usually through our actions. And when we become anxious or overwhelmed, they also become anxious or overwhelmed. They won't have the vocabulary to say that, but it changes their behavior. And it manifests in different ways with, with different individuals. And, and with kids, it can manifest in outbursts. It can manifest in, in bad behavior. It can manifest in, in them going off and just being alone or being too quiet. I mean, there are a bunch of ways that it can, it can sort of come out. So also keep in mind why you're doing it. Now, I say all that to say... You say, how do I get them motivated? They also, whether it's your mother or your husband who has fallen off the wagon, um, it sounds like, um, uh, they also need to know why. So I, uh, during, during the talk I was given, I asked the question, how might your life be better with less? And you can answer that question. You're going to know what the answer is. I, and if I were you, I would write that down. How might my life be better with less? Less than what you have right now. Because I know for some of you in here, it's like, wow, I could finally take control of my finances. And some of you are like, well, I could finally start to write that book that I really want to write. And for some of you, it's going to be, um, 
you know, I'll finally have the opportunity to refocus on my health. For other people, it's I can contribute to my community in a meaningful way. And for some of you, it's be like, ah, it's easier to clean my house. <laughs> Great. Whatever the, what is the why for you, that's important. And knowing what, knowing what that why is is important. But it's going to be different for your mom. It's going to be different for your husband. And it's going to be different for your kids. And so also understanding their why. And so asking that question in different ways. How might your life be better with less? What would, and maybe you could just say, you know, what would make you calmer? Or you know, what, what are the things that you're struggling with right now? Figure out how simplifying their life, not the act of decluttering, because that's terrifying, especially to someone like, like your mom, who you've categorized as a hoarder. I totally get that. It's going to be terrifying for you to say, hey, can you get rid of some of your stuff, Right? But if you could say, what are you struggling with? And then maybe I can help. And one of the ways we can help is by simplifying. Could you talk your uh, mother or father into playing the 30-day minimalism game? Yeah, I could try. Yeah. Couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know what the 30-day minimalism game is, it's, uh, it's a game that Josh and I came up with because we know how boring decluttering can be. So we came up with a game where you could introduce a little friendly competition. Basically, you find a spouse or a parent or a friend or a coworker or an enemy, whatever, and you all agree to uh, start getting rid of stuff. And you start on the first day of the month, and you get rid of one thing each. And then on the second day of the month, you get rid of two things each. And then on the third day of the month, three things each, and so forth and so on. Uh, it's really easy at first, but then uh, you know by day 20... Um, it gets a little harder, and then 21 is even a little bit harder there. And then by day 25, you're like, oh, my God, i got to get rid of 26 things tomorrow. Uh, whoever goes the longest wins. Um, if everybody makes it to the end of the month, well, everybody wins because uh, each of them would have gotten rid of about 500 items. I think that's a great approach just because you could bet something like, um, oh, I don't know, like uh, something that you really, really love. Let's say you want – I'm just throwing this out there just – may not or may or may not be a good idea but let's say that you really like it when your husband cooks dinner for the family and that you know and you can bet him that all right if I win you cook dinner for the family and if you win then you know he can pick something that he really wants you to do I mean it it, it can make it a little bit interesting and motivate him to do this because if it's something that he really wants you to do (laughs) then he's going to that really came out wrong You see where uh, the Australians' mind go immediately. <laughs> Only in Australia. No, I f- love you Australians so much. Yeah. Um, but but I think you see where I'm going with it. The other thing too, I just thought I was like, man, like I'm sure they get you stuff for Mother's Day. I'm sure they get you stuff for Easter. They get you stuff for Christmas, and they're probably always asking you like what they want. And you can ask them like, will you play the uh, 30 day minimalism game with me or? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just seeing if maybe you could use that as a little bit of leverage to, to like, I don't want anything. In fact, the best Christmas gift, if we could remove stuff from the house, that would be awesome. Um, but, but however you want to approach that. But, you know, the bottom line is, though, is that we are not ever going to be able to force anyone to becoming a minimalist. In fact, Josh and I, we go on the road. Uh, you know what our conversion rate is, the minimalism? It's, it's zero because that's not what we're doing. Uh, this is, it, it's impossible to convert someone to, to minimalism by definition. Um, what we're doing is, is we're sharing a story and there, there is a recipe here with ingredients that people can tweeze out and apply to their own lives. So try helping them find 
like Josh said, th- those ingredients that will will help motivate, to help inspire them. Thank you. Thanks Thank you. Being here. All right, before we move on, if you're listening to this at home and you have a comment or tip for anyone who's asking a question today, you can give us a call, 406-219-7839, or you can send a voice memo right from your phone to podcast at theminimalists.com. It's my favorite part of the show. At the very end, we air the comments and tips from our listeners. Ryan, what time is it? Are there gunshots? <laughs> no, man, it's, that was lightning. Oh, it's because it's time for our lightning round. Oh, <laughs> so it's a, a, America, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, lightning round. Uh, we usually answer questions from social media. We're at the minimalists on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. But since you're here today, we'll try to give you. We'll, actually, what we'll do is we'll ramble on a bit, but we'll come up with a pithy answer eventually that you'll be able to share on social media if you'd like. We call them minimal maxims because that sounds more impressive than short answers. And our friend Jessica Lynn Williams back there in the back, she live tweets from the show and uh, also she catalogs all of our pithy answers over at minimalmaxims.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Lynn Williams. Thank you for everything, Jess. Howdy, what's your name? Hey, Aaron. How's it going, brother? Good, man. Yeah, good. Good. God, dude, this is... I fucking love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, what's your question, man? (laughs) Well, so, you know, you guys talk a lot about um, minimalism helping people, just, you know, people in their everyday lives. Um, You know, using stuff based on need and based on, you know, holding on to things that add value. Just interesting and awesome it's fucking awesome I love it thanks man. but I'll, I've, I'm actually I would like to broaden it out a bit and ask you um, your views on like corporations who use a lot of resources mm. and they create a lot of the stuff a lot of waste a lot of shit um, and you know capitalism's all about the accumulation of capital and more and more and more mm. and how minimalism sort of fits into that and just the relationship between minimalism and capitalism yeah you know Normally, Josh and I don't really talk about things like this, but since he asked. <laughs> Let's go for it. Um, so, so we were actually during the, 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 we were doing like a little meet and greet beforehand uh, for the people who paid more money for the good seats. Um, thank you all for that. Uh, so we were just, we were actually talking about um, the, uh, the use of, of resources and, and thus the responsible use of resources, because I think we've all agreed at this point that we all need to consume some stuff. We're all wearing clothes in here. We all ate some food today. So consumption is not inherently wrong. However, we see 5,000 advertisements a day. And those advertisements are backed by demographers, writers, statisticians, and even psychologists. And those advertisements' main function are to aggregate eyeballs onto a product or service. Right, and, and so because we're faced with so many of those messages, eventually we just break down and, and say, okay, I think I need that. I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and I see these shoes or this T-shirt, and even though I have shoes and a T-shirt, I feel like I need that particular thing in order to, to satisfy me, right? There's an entire industry called the fast fashion industry. We talked about it a little bit in our documentary, 
Um, it used to be that we had two seasons a year, warm and cold, right? You put on a coat in the winter and you took it off in the summer and you're good to go. And now, thanks to companies like H&M, we have 52 seasons a year. And that's a problem. And so what I'll tell you is I don't think corporations are inherently evil or bad. I don't think capitalism is inherently evil or bad. In fact, I will tell you that capitalism is the best system that we have right now. However, and this is the big but, what we are seeing right now is not true capitalism, especially in the developed world and especially in America. What we see is corporatism. And so I think your question is around corporatism. We have a corporate influence in our politics. And thus, we have a, a corporate influence in the regulations that we have, or I should say, the lack of regulations. I'm not a huge fan of government regulation, to be honest with you. However, I think there are times when government re regulation actually increases the liberty of the individuals. And when that's the case, I'll give you some easy examples. Clean air and clean water. We can all agree those are good things, right? It's weird that that has become a political stance in America that, um, you know, well, I mean, the city of Flint, which is just up the road from, from where we grew up, the water is poisoned by lead. And that's because we didn't have the appropriate regulations in place, the checks in place, even though we had the regulations on the books, we didn't have the appropriate checks in place. And certain corporate interests that fund the politicians who make the decisions got in the way of the people's health. And in a very real way, that's happening now with the way that we consume things. We're consuming more than ever, and with that becomes more, the, more waste than ever. The more you consume, the more waste you produce. So Ryan and I aren't up here advocating a zero-waste lifestyle. I think that's extreme. And I applaud people who do that, just like I applaud people who are monks. Like, I think that's a rather extreme lifestyle. Someone who goes and meditates for 18 hours a day, I'm amazed by that. I'm amazed by someone who lives a zero-waste lifestyle. But I think for most of us, the key isn't to buy nothing, to consume nothing, to produce zero waste. I think the key is to radically reduce the amount of non-essential goods that we need. In the Western world, we spend, no, in America, we spend $1.2 billion on non-essential goods every year. I'm sorry, that stat's wrong. There must be a glitch. It's $1.2 trillion. That doesn't sound like a big difference, but let me explain to you what a trillion is. If I were to give you a million dollars every single day to spend, a million dollars, and you could spend it every single day, you could have spent a million dollars every day since the birth of the Buddha 2,600 years ago, and you still wouldn't have spent a trillion dollars by now. We're buying over a trillion dollars in non-essential goods every single year. We spend $250 billion on charitable giving every year. That means we spend $1.2 trillion on non-essentials, $250 billion 
on charitable giving. We spend a trillion dollars more every single year on cheap shit we don't need than we do on helping other people. So what's the solution? That's what we think. Mm-hmm. We're the solution. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think ultimately, and I don't mean me and Ryan, I mean we are the solution. I mean, we're awesome. Don't get us wrong, but it's going to take more than us. Yeah. It, it, we, we, we're a very small part of this. Ryan and I can't be the change. We can simply be a voice, and everyone who we touch, who we touch can be an echo of that voice. I think from a government level, it has to do with, uh, that's my pithy answer, uh, the voice, and you can clean that up somewhere in, in post-production, <laughs> Jess. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I think ultimately some government regulation to step in that would increase our liberty. I think part of that has to do with the amount of advertisements that we see. If we see 5,000 advertisements a day, we could have some regulations to, to quash that. Um, but I th- also think that it starts with us. I mean, uh, the third largest city in the world is a city called Sao Paulo. It's in Brazil. In 2007, they outlawed billboards and removed 15,000 billboards, removed another 30,000 pile-on and marquee signs. And they took a poll about a year later to ask folks what they thought about it. And overwhelmingly, the population was like, Yes, this is what we've wanted the whole time. You have finally listened to us. And the way that we get politicians to listen is we find a way to get corporate money out of politics. And if you can figure that one out, please let me know how. Yeah, I'll just give you my pithy answer. Um, Capitalism is awesome. Crony capitalism is ruining our environment and it's depleting our resources. Thanks, brother. We're doing good on time. Come on down. Howdy. Hey, how are you? Remind me your name, brother. Chris. Thanks for coming here, man. No worries. I feel like Aaron's going to be a hard act to follow. Do you see his haircut from up there? That's, it was he's, awesome. He, he's not fucking around. So After tour, I'm getting that haircut, Aaron. I fucking love it. Um, I've heard you guys talk about um, some of the mis- misconceptions um, of what a minim- minimalist is. Um, I wondered, sort of, not so much from a misconception point of view, but is there anything you guys see out there that goes under the banner of minimalism or essentialism that you just you don't agree with? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We normally yes. don't talk about this either, but since you ask. <laughs> uh, a few things. Uh, one is I was walking past a furniture store recently. What city were we in? We were in Atlanta. And it said uh, um, minimalist pricing. And I, here's the problem. Like Ryan and I actually sell some products. You know, we, we sell books, right? Um, we created a bag last year, a travel bag. It's the one that we use. In fact, we were with uh, uh, the tour promoter, and he's like, do you guys have some sort of weird deal with a, a bag? Because co- we're all out carrying the same bag. And it's like, well, we own the company, or we own a small sliver of the company. And so... Yeah, I bought the bag. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> 
But the way that we the way that we positioned that bag, we could have like just sold out and said, "All right, let's uh, let's let's sell as many of these things as we can." But the way that we we put it out there is, "Hey, you probably don't need this bag." And and that was the thing that was most important to me. I didn't want to encourage someone to consume something they 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 didn't need uh, or or wouldn't add value to their lives in some way, right? And so I, I think that using minimalism because that's whatever they see as being a trend or the hot thing, to sell something is a problem. Now, is selling something a problem? No. I think that's all part of the, the sort of the transaction of, of consumption. I think that's necessary, right? Uh, the other thing that I've seen recently is, um, it's in that same vein, is there are companies like The Gap. You, you go in there, and they have T-shirts, like it's a black T-shirt, and it says minimalism across the front. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I, I, I don't even know like, what this well, means. Yeah, you don't know why we're not selling T-shirts. <laughs> right. <laughs> so a few years ago on April Fool's Day. Do you all do April Fool's here or is that just an – okay. Um, Ryan and I, we put out the minimalist T-shirt. It was like – and I, I wrote the copy how a, a shitty fast fashion company would write the copy to make it sound really appealing. So on April 1st, it was introducing the only T-shirt you'll ever want, or the only T-shirt you'll ever need, the only T-shirt produced by the minimalist. And the way I wrote it was like that it's, um, it was created by enthusiastic young workers from Shenzhen, China. And it was just a fancy way to say slave labor. And, and, and that's really what we're, what we're doing, what we're promoting through the, the, the advertising or marketing side of things. And um, in, in whether it's The Gap or, or anyone else we're talking about here that, that's in fast fashion, I don't think these companies are inherently bad. I think it becomes a race to the bottom, though. And it's like whatever's new, whatever's trendy, whatever we can do to sell some more units this quarter. And if minimalism is a product, then I ain't buying it. That's my pithy answer. Good. Yeah, the only thing that really comes to mind for me is um, when I first started on this road, Colin had 52 things. And then it just kind of became the, the hundred thing challenge, and like it became this like numbers game, and that was just really silly to me. Um, I, I think it was it was last year on our documentary tour. This guy came up to us and he was like, "Man, you guys are great, but you know this other person, they're killing you in the minimalism game, man. They only got like twenty two things, and man, they they really get it." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." Like if that's if that's your, if that's what his version of minimalism is, is he wants to travel around like Colin did, then that makes sense for him. But um, when it uh, for me, I get really competitive. So if I started to count my stuff, then it would have become a game for me, and then I would have lost the whole point of why I was doing what I was doing. So that is that is really really frustrating. Um, I guess my pithy answer would be. Um, Man, if, if minimalism is about counting your stuff, uh, I'm the first loser. <laughs> you, it's funny, you, you, you're you talking about that. So, like, yeah, if it really came down to owning, like, essentially nothing, I was thinking about, it was the strangest thing I've, I've seen in a long time. We were in St. Petersburg, Florida. We, we, we own a coffee shop down there. And 
I was driving down First Avenue South, and I'm just driving, driving, driving. And I look over, and there's this really fit, like, 60-year-old man. He's crossing the street at the crosswalk, and he is just buck naked. I mean, completely naked, not a stitch of clothes on his entire body. What a minimalist. I, <laughs> and, and, and so, like, there's this fine line between, like, figuring out what is appropriate for you and then just truly getting rid of it all, right? Yeah. And uh, I realized that that's one side of the continuum, and hoarding is on the other side of the continuum, and I'm probably somewhere in between. <laughs> Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mark. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Mark. <laughs> how you doing? So Good. for those of you who, who are, don't know who Mark is, uh, at the end of 2014, or actually throughout 2014, Ryan and I spent a year on the road, but we ended our 100-city tour here in Australia in 2014. Now, we would come to an event, and we'd meet people, and they say, hey, it's great you're here for a few hours or for half a day or whatever, and now you're leaving. How do I meet open-minded people locally? And we didn't really have a good answer to that. And so we started something called minimalist.org, and it's 100 free local meetup groups all over the world, and one of those cities is Adelaide, and our community leader here is is Mark. Thank you, Mark. You're awesome, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate so, it. So if you want to connect with open-minded people locally, just go to minimalist.org, click on Adelaide, or if you're listening to this at home, click on your city, and you can find the groups. They, you, you can interact online. You can get support with you know, decluttering or careers or relationships or health or whatever you're, you're, you're looking for support on. And they also tend to meet once a month in person as well. So you can help support other people just as you're getting support. Awesome. Absolutely correct. That's why I'm here. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks it, for being here. You're sure. also going to find a bunch of genuine, awesome people like Mark at these, at these uh, meetings. Amen. All right, what's so your question? I, um, not really a question, but just a bit of promotion for you guys. But I just wanted to um, share my story very quickly. A couple of years ago, I was surfing Netflix on a quiet afternoon and went, yeah, let's watch something that adds some value and gets me thinking. And I went, what the hell is a minimalist? I went, I've got to watch this straight away. Got me. Guns blazing. A couple of days later, to my wife, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. But do you know what? Getting the energy out there first and just letting it chill out afterwards and seeing what it becomes, that was the foundation building. So two years later, a lot of things have changed in a, in a, in a, in a great way that Life is now a journey. There's no destinations anymore. There's no goals. There's no nothing. It's enjoy every single day. The journey to work every single day is a whole lot nicer now than it ever used to be. Um, so what I want to say is I've already tonight met some absolutely fantastic people. So get on board. Get on to minimalist.org forward slash Adelaide. We are really going to ramp it up this year with the support of everyone being involved. I met some brilliant people tonight with some great stories as well who suddenly discovered, no, you know, you're not weird. You're not strange. You're just doing it as you should be doing it, living a life with less and much more meaningfully. So thanks, guys. No, thank you, Mark. I mean, seriously, like, if you like Josh and I, like, you're going to love guys like Mark because he's just like us. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. I think we'll have time for two more, and we'll get to those in a moment. But first, let's move on to our added value portion of the show. So we're, where Ryan and I talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. And since we're here in Adelaide, 
which, like I said, I think is our favorite Australian city, especially after some of the experiences we've Dude, had. For, this is the most... You know what I love about Adelaide? I don't feel, like, rushed when I'm here. It's like, I, I, it's so laid back here. And we've had, like, I want to say three meal, three meals. Mariah and I have at least had three meals here and a couple cups of coffee. I have had nothing but outstanding food and outstanding coffee here. Dude, you guys, you guys are doing it right. And it's all independent places. Like, I just love this place so much. Yeah, it's really awesome. So, Ryan, what has added value to you? What's the biggest thing that stood right. out to you? I've got, I've got two recommendations. Um, uh, Africola. If you haven't been there, go. It is some of the best food I've had in Australia. I am not just saying that. The reason I think it's some of the best food. So we've been on the road for the last 12 months uh, with 50 cities, and I think it's some of the best food I've had, just period. It's it, definitely top three. Hands down. Well, I mean, what they do is, first off, there's an amazing environment there. It's just kind of a home, home feel environment. But then, like, their food, it, it seems, like, really, like, chaotic at first because there's, like, sardines on the menu and, like, pork neck and some other really random stuff. But it's every single dish is done so intentionally with the flavors. Like, you get... You get this amazing, like, strong flavor, uh, but it is the best flavor you've ever had. You it's gotta, like you got to check it out. It's like a mad scientist married a chef, <laughs> and they just started making a bunch of shit. They are they are just killing it over there. And then I stopped earlier today at a coffee shop. Uh, please say please. I don't know who owns. I think the gal I was talking to. She owns the shop. She's killing it over there. It's actually it's the now we tried to find good coffee in Perth. We failed, but we didn't really. We didn't. We didn't have a whole lot of time, so that's not Perth's fault. We, it was our. It was our time. Time constraints fault. Um, Sydney found some really awesome coffee. Uh, found found not so awesome coffee in Brisbane. Um, but what I'll tell you, uh, the first time I was able to find a pour over was was at Please Say Please, um, and and I, I know filter coffee isn't like so popular here. Just go to Please Say Please, order a filter coffee, a pour over. You're welcome. <laughs> we had breakfast today. Like the whole team went there to this place called, I think it's called Cezanne. Is that right? Yeah. And it's like Mexican brunch in Adelaide, Australia. Unbelievable. Holy crap. I don't even know what to say other than thank you for existing. And your was, coffee was stellar. They had like a filter batch coffee that was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was the really whole, good. The whole experience was great. And this, every, everyone in Adelaide I meet is so nice. So I'd say the staff is nice, but y'all are nice. So you know that. <laughs> and uh, let's move on real quick to right here, right now. It's the, this is the segment of the podcast where we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. So Ryan and I are just finishing up this crazy... 50 city tour here in Australia. We have three events after this tonight. Actually, we got one event in Auckland, so we're going over to New Zealand, and then we're finishing up in Melbourne. Uh, two events there. And then we're done touring for a, a long time. We're finishing up our second documentary. Uh, we gave a talk earlier tonight, and uh, we actually filmed that talk in a beautiful warehouse space in Los Angeles. We filmed it in a few theaters throughout the year, but it, it looked like a stand-up comedy special without comedy 
And so uh, we decided to rent this beautiful uh, warehouse space that was in line with our aesthetic, and we're building the next documentary around that talk. And uh, next month we're going to uh, Dayton, Ohio to film some of our backstories, talk about uh, what's going on there. There's a real crisis of meaning going on there. It's the overdose capital, but they don't really have a drug problem. They have a, a meaning problem. And I think a lot of us have run into that at least at one point in our lives. I know I certainly did, where I'm like, wow, this, whatever I'm doing right now isn't meaningful, and I can keep going down this path. I'm not going to find meaning on this path. So instead of continuing to run in that direction, maybe I should just turn around and, and walk the other way and, and try to find something else that, is, that, is, uh, that will bring purpose, a uh, sense of meaning and joy to my life. And so that's what this next documentary is about, is diving deep on, on that topic of, of meaning. And uh, so look for that later this year. In the meantime, we're continuing to do the podcast. We just built this new podcast studio in Los Angeles, and we're adding a video component to the podcast, hopefully this summer. And uh, because we keep the, uh, the podcast 100% advertisement free, because advertisements suck. You're damn right they suck. <laughs> and um, we rely on the support of, of folks like you, and, and if you're listening to those folks at home who are listening to this, we want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters because of you that we're able to do that. And eventually we're going to add this video component, which is crazy expensive to hire someone. And then uh, you have to do all the video editing and filming and all the equipment as well. And so um, what we do each week is we record a bonus episode of the podcast. It's called a postscript episode. And we call it the Minimalist's Private Podcast. It shows up right in your normal podcast feed. So if you listen to the Minimalist Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or wherever you get your podcast. There's a second podcast called The Minimalist's Private Podcast where we just put that out for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support us, keep the podcast 100% advertisement free. None of the money goes to me or Ryan. It's just for the podcast. You can go to theminimalists.com, click donate at the top, and you'll become a Patreon supporter. And right there, you'll be able to get – you'll get access right from your phone to these bonus episodes. So let's go ahead and answer a couple questions for a bonus episode, if y'all are cool with that. Let's do it. Before we wrap up, I just want to say one other thing about, we were just talking about on the the little bonus podcast we were doing there, we were talking about anchors, Ryan, and the 83 anchors that I I had in my life. I can't believe you listed every single one of them. (laughs) In alphabetical order, memorized. Um, No, I, I think... Some of those things actually served a, an important purpose in my life at one point. Not all of them. Some of them were just I just picked up an anchor for no reason and started carrying it around with me, and it was heavy, and I just kept carrying it. That was the first thing on your list. It was an actual anchor. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it was alphabetized. But it feels like the, like like sometimes we just pick up things and it does no good for us because someone else told us to pick it up. Right? We've let someone else dictate our life, whether it's through the inbox or just someone else's to-do list has now become our to-do list. Someone else's obligation then becomes our obligation. And so some of my anchors were other people's anchors, and I picked up those anchors, and I forgot to put them down. However, there were other things in my life that just somehow magically transformed into anchors over time. There were things that once added value to my life that no longer add value now. And so I think the most important thing when we're letting go is realizing the things that add value to my life today may not add value tomorrow. And so the one thing I need to hold on to is my willingness to let go. 
Because as my life changes, as my circumstances change, then so do the things that truly add value to my life. And so I'm willing to set things down. I'm also willing to bring new things into my life, knowing that damn well, they might become an anchor one day, so I better be willing to let that go. I love that metaphor, man, because let's say you know you pick up an actual anchor and you're like walking up a hill with it and then you see another anchor and you're like, oh, I want that anchor too. And you pick it up and then you're like starting to walk up the hill with it. And then eventually you realize like, oh shit, like I can't walk up the hill with both these anchors. Like you made the decision to pick that anchor up. You can always make the decision to put it back down. Always. Yes, indeed. And if you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for being here, y'all. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you so much, Adelaide. Hi, Josh and Ryan. This is Candace from Niagara Falls, Ontario. I was just listening to your podcast on religion with Mr. Bell and Mr. Morgan. I just wanted to recommend a book that I found very um, intriguing and knowledgeable. It's called The Buddhist Boot Camp by Timber Hawkeye. Um, I found a lot in it just based on the fact that you could be whatever religion you want and Buddhism will just make you a better whatever you are. Hey guys, it's Carly calling from the Gold Coast of Australia. It was really awesome seeing you on your tour stop here. Um, I just had a quick comment in regard to the recent podcast that you did about religion. One of the callers asked for resources to do a spirituality that would suit a minimalist. And I wanted to recommend the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching is an ancient spiritual text, but it's really more of a philosophy than a religion. There are some people, especially in China, though, who do follow it a bit more like a religion. Um, but it's basically an easy read. It's just a set of 81 verses, more like poems. And they're about all different things, but they're all to do with living a life of meaning and passion and happiness. And there are many, many verses about living simply and not being materialistic. I don't come across many people who are actually familiar with this book, The Tao Te Ching, but it's actually the number two most printed book in all of history, second only to the Bible. Um, and many scholars do consider it the wisest book ever written. So I definitely think anyone that's interested in a spiritual path that has something strongly to do with minimalism, it's definitely worth up, worth picking up a copy of the Tao Te Ching. Uh, hey, guys, this is Chaplain Fred from Sarasota, Florida. Hey, I was listening to the Friends um, edition of the podcast, and I just want to say um, it really, really touched me that Josh was talking about his friend who voted for Trump, and, and he didn't and the way that you guys were able to go forward and, and do projects together. And, uh, and, and, you know, honestly, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, the political pendulum in our two-party system swings back and forth. You know, if it swings really high to the left, it tends to swing really high to the right. But at the end of the day, uh, we're all still Americans, you know. We're all supposed to be countrymen. And uh, I was just really... Uh, really encouraged uh, to hear the way you guys articulate, you know, your views on that. Um, I really think that's the basis of a new conversation that has to happen. Every little thing 
you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes away Or tear 